Hello and welcome to The Lou Review. This is your host, Rosa, and today I have a special guest, Allison Settle. You are kind of a local celebrity around here, and so <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, um, you are a chef, and you were born and raised here in Louisville? I'm actually from Lexington originally. Oh, okay. Moved to Louisville about 10 years ago. Was that to go to college? Uh, I followed a boy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I followed a boy and finished my degree, but it was a, it was a career move for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely wanted to get into a larger, um, larger field. So yeah. So you went to college at Sullivan. I went to Sullivan University. I began my degree in Lexington and then mm. completed it in Louisville. So I have sort of a bridge between the two cities. Oh, okay. Nice. (laughs) So, and were you studying uh, culinary arts there? Yep. I received a degree, an associate's degree in culinary arts. Fantastic. And then where did you work after that? Oh, gosh. Well, in Lexington, I worked for Weta Michael. I worked at Holly Hill Inn and Woodford Reserve. And then once I moved to Louisville, it was Holy Grail, Grail House, Portage House, Pizza Lupo, Red mm. Hog, and then wow. my last position at Barn 8. Mm. And that's at Hermitage Farm? It's at Hermitage Farm, yeah. So um, you've also been nominated for a James Beard Award. I was. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's like an Oscar for chefs. It is. It is. Definitely. Um, and it's probably the biggest award that's ever going to come to Kentucky. I mean, wow. we're not going to get the Michelin people. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. We'll see. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my part to bring them here. Would you say your style um, lends itself more towards the James Beard crowd? I think it's, I think my platform has evolved to that point. Mm-hmm. I think when I first started out, I was just really excited to cook and I really wanted to put dishes on the menu and um, just the typical chef draw. Mm-hmm. And then as my relationships developed and as I worked for different chefs and different restaurants and learned from them, um, it became more um, agriculturally based. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have built these lasting relationships with local farmers mm-hmm. and I've always been a, a little baby tree hugger at heart. So <laughs> I try to do everything I can to um, promote local agriculture so that our farmers can keep farming so that they can be land rich and cash rich and mm-hmm. not have to sell the farm to to support their families. That's really important to me. So that has translated into cooking locally, seasonally, mm-hmm. and beyond that, I kind of just cook whatever I want. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you make great cocktails. Oh, that lucky. <laughs> that was a lucky Did I break. Have a luck- did I have a lucky one-time experience, or is that something you do now as well? I... No- it's something that I always am interested in, and anytime I've worked at restaurants with a cocktail program, I love to collaborate and talk about different flavors and um, lend my expertise or my knowledge base to help them, and then I just love learning from them. We have an incredible cocktail um, program situation in Louisville, so... I've been really lucky to learn from from some of the best. Yeah, you made this beets and bourbon cocktail at the Huga Gathering mm-hmm. the other night. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> what was in that? Beets, bourbon, uh, lemon juice, uh, and then a simple syrup of thyme, ginger, and lemon. 
Ooh. Yeah, and that one I cannot take credit for. Okay, who did uh, that come from? <laughs> that came from a, a friend of mine, an old coworker who currently works at, at Barney. Mm. So he put that cocktail on the menu, and I was just was like, can I please use this? Because it is just a crowd. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is. It's so red and pink, and, mm-hmm. and then it looks like Christmas, and then it tastes like Christmas. <laughs> It really is, that, and I, it scares that's cinnamony, people. Cinnamony, but herbal flavor. Yeah, because yeah. you've got that. Was it a rye bur- bourbon, or was it? No, I think I used. I think I used the bourbon that is special to Butcher and Rose, or, or Butcher Rose. The Butcher Rose has their own special house bourbon. Yeah, okay. the people who own Butcher Rose have mm-hmm. their own bourbon company, and I feel oh, awful. Wow. I'm forgetting what it's called right now, but okay. I used theirs and turned out turned it, out great it really did because like anytime there's beets involved it's like this could be really good or this could feel like i'm drinking dirt we'll see how it goes yeah <laughs> it was definitely in the exceptional category <laughs> yeah yeah no my my friend is is very talented he he's very good at pairing those flavors and making really incredible cocktails he's yeah. like a incredible bartender yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I obviously in this podcast am all about learning about the people that don't get a lot of um name recognition yeah. usually because they're behind the scenes making these local restaurants and local nonprofits happen. Yeah. Um but you've met some people that are known <laughs> across the world. So, do you want to talk to us some about your experience on TV as a chef? Oh, sure. Well, I, you know, I think I came from sort of the generation of chefs. There, there was a small little window. It was like post-recession, mm-hmm. pre, <laughs> pre-current <laughs> political climate, where we were all like kind of sad, but we didn't realize how sad we were going to be. <laughs> That's a great description of everyone. <laughs> you know, it was one of those those periods mm-hmm. of time where we didn't know how good we had it, but yeah. um, it was like that that when Food Network and Cooking Channel were like at the at the tippy top of like everybody's mm. mind frame and I had already started cooking um as a as a hobby and then as Food Network and Cooking Channel became more of my like zeitgeist mm. um I was like I want to I want to do this I want to mm. be a I was like I want a Food Network TV show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and you know I don't necessarily feel that way anymore but it the, would be a lot of work wouldn't it it would be a lot of work um and I don't know if uh yeah we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see maybe one day I mean I would still do it I would yeah. still do it for sure but um yeah I definitely came up in that era of like you know idolatry towards Anthony Bourdain yeah. and you know Tyler Florence and Alex Guaranchelli and um I just, I really am fascinated by it. And a lot of people maybe don't realize TV production and running a restaurant, they're very similar. Oh. I mean, the core content, you know, food and TV are, mm-hmm. are very separate. But mm-hmm. the the long hours, mm. the intense ballet, the organization, the hurry up and wait is mm. very, very similar to, um, to cooking and being a chef and... Um, yeah, so I just jumped at the opportunity to be a part of anything anybody asks me to do regarding TV because it just absolutely fascinates me. Yeah, and I, I would not have expected you to say that, but that makes sense. So if you're used to the pace of being a chef and it's similar, then when you have this 
experience of you do all this preparation, you do all this filming, and then you wait a year for it to come on where people can see it. Yeah. So what are we waiting on right now? <clears throat> so I have already done an episode of Guy's Grocery Games about a million years ago, which is called Let Them Eat Toast. Oh, that's awesome. I got to go watch that. Yeah, you you should. I do love that show. It's a, it's a, it was a lot of fun. It was it was so much fun. I was so nervous though. Mm. I <laughs> I won't give anything away, but I'll, I'll say the day <laughs> ended in tears. Oh. <laughs> but um my my attitude has changed and um now I just really enjoy the process. So, um back in April I filmed Beat Bobby Flay. Ooh. Um, I think that will air in the spring of 2023. Wow. And then, Too bad you can't tell us if you beat him or not. Oh. <laughs> or if I even got to the place where oh. I was competing against him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to watch. You, you will have to watch. And I mm-hmm. encourage you to. It's a, yeah. it's a lot of fun. That was a great show to be on. It was so much fun. And then I actually just got back from New York to film, uh, was filming Chopped. So that'll come Whoa. out at some point too, so. Man, anytime they come after me and say, would you like to be on this show? I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, because I'm sure there's a lot of chefs who are not interested in having their face out there at all, ever, let alone mm-hmm. on TV, let alone competing mm-hmm. for the world to see how it goes, right? Oh, for sure. So, I mean, yeah. But it sounds like you just enjoy the process of it at this point so much. I do. I mean, at the end of filming Chopped, I was talking to some of the producers and I was just like, if you guys ever just, you know, can I just come on set and watch you all? Like, I don't have to be a part of it at all. I just, can I be a PA? Like, I would love to just be here and enjoy this process. It's, yeah. it's really fascinating. And it's so high energy. And um, they're also good at, like, bringing your personality out of you. Like, mm. a lot of people, you know, you kind of clam up. You get nervous. Yeah. There's a lot on the line. You start thinking about, you know all the people that are going to see it mm-hmm. and the producers have a way of just calming you down and being like, you're, you're so amazing. Like it's a great, Aww. it's a great confidence booster too. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And to be recognized enough to even be on the show is, you know, I yeah. feel like a huge compliment. So it's a privilege. I, I'm very grateful to, to be in a place where they're calling me and asking me to be on shows. It's, <laughs> it's it's wild. You're like, what even is this life? Am I really this person? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so right now you've been working with Sullivan University where you trained mm-hmm. um, to uh, not tr- necessarily train other chefs, but inspire them, right? Yeah. So I am currently, my day job now is working with Sullivan University as a chef representative. Um, so I was hired to basically go around the state of Indiana and speak to high school students and other prospective students that might want to go to culinary school and kind of just tell them my story. Um, There's a certain (laughs) attitude in the culinary industry regarding culinary arts degrees and whether or not it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. And, you know, I will go ahead and say that I I don't think it's entirely necessary, but I do say for me, mm-hmm. it made a huge difference in my career and where I've ended up. So I'm really excited to tell people, you know, just my story. Like I had an amazing time in culinary school. And so I'm, I'm happy to shout it from the root, rooftops and hopefully get some kids back in school. Yeah. So was there any part of your story you haven't shared with us yet that you use in your spiel to them? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I would just say, you know, going to culinary school, you, in any degree, really, mm-hmm. like you get what you put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, 
I, I don't want to say a nerd that has a negative comment connotation, but oh, I I'm was sorry. Um, <laughs> you think that being a nerd has a negative connotation? I mean, if people don't care enough about what they're doing to geek out about it, like, I don't even really want to talk to them. That's a good point. I've been struggling with that idea of like what being cool is, you know, as an adult oh. getting older, you know, like what is really important? Mm -hmm. Is it being, being cool or is it, you know, just embracing what you care about? So didn't you just <laughs> repost a really poignant meme to that effect? I did. And I reshared it. <laughs> did you? Yes. Do you want to bring it up? Yeah, that sure. quote was like so on the nose. Well, and you know like, what's... It doesn't matter if you're cool. It's about yeah. having a warm heart. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, I And funnily enough, the mm -hmm. person that I reposted it from was Bobby Flay's girlfriend. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll see if I can pull it up. But, yeah, I mean, there's... We get an idea of what we think the accepted norm is, but yeah. my mom always said normal is just the setting on a washing machine. Yeah. And I don't really like that word either because I don't think anybody's mm -hmm. truly normal. Right. Or typical, I think is a, maybe a Exactly. Word. So many people want to say, oh, I'm, I'm atypical or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but n are there any two people that are even the same? <laughs> yeah. I mean, embrace the differences. It's all, every single person is on a spectrum and there's so mm -hmm. much that doesn't meet the eye. You know, mm -hmm. we all keep lots of things close to the chest. So who even knows what's normal? Right. You and know? so like there's, I think it was easier to have an idea of let's be cool and assimilate to this standard when we didn't have social media because it was so much easier to maintain like a front mm. before. And I feel like now there's such a drive toward authenticity mm -hmm. that I think it's more cool to be authentic at this point than to like be like, oh, we're in the mean girl crowd. We all need to be the same way and wear the same thing. Or um, it's more about finding yourself and people expect and respect that. Right. Well, that and <clears throat> just, you know, the audience that we're able to present ourselves to, like, really lends itself to finding your people. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think people, you know, when we were kids, like, we were assimilating to whatever we felt like we needed to be at the time because that was what was presented to us in our face. But mm -hmm. now social media, like the entire world is at our fingertips and right? you're realizing like, you know, I really like this kind of caterpillar, you know, <laughs> like I love this monarch caterpillar so much. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you can find that there's like, yeah. you know, 20,000 other people right. on the planet that are obsessed with that caterpillar. And there too. may not be two <laughs> in the same state, but you've got a community and you can communicate with them. Yeah. And I love that element of authentic connection mm -hmm. using the technology. Now, obviously, if you just are scrolling and viewing things and letting the algorithm give you more of what you pay attention to and just... Mm -hmm. That kind of passive approach to social media, I think, lends itself to um, a lot of dissatisfaction. Yeah. So I think in order to really have a healthy relationship with it, you have to be more intentional. Yes. Now, when I go into it, I'm looking for ways I can reach out, mm -hmm. right? Not necessarily to get input. 
as much, but um, mm. when I do take a break and just enjoy it for myself and use it for that authentic connection of, with people with similar interests, it's so rewarding and it leads to great in-person interactions like we're having right now. Yeah, I mean, so. we uh, we met because of Huga Gathering, because mm-hmm. of Kim Morrison. Kim Morrison and I know each other because of Pretty Good Moms. Are oh, you okay. a part of that group? No, I, I mean, I started to be, but I'm not, like, in it yet. Um, I know Kim because um, she was uh, working with a restaurant that was partnering with me as part of the Lou Review because I came in and took pictures of their food and shared it to social media. Yeah. To, so, it's all connected, it but kind of tangentially. Uh, so. It's 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 wacky. Um, mm-hmm. But, it yeah, I mean, mindfulness and intentionality, like... Mm-hmm in everything, mm-hmm. you know, is, is going to get you somewhere. Right. Definitely exactly. It's all how com- you use it. Yeah. I mean, and that's mm-hmm. the, that's, that's true of pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that quote. Mm-hmm. Did you find it? I did. Um, or it's a poem, mm-hmm. um, I suppose. Uh, it's titled Warm and it says, don't worry about being cool. Never worry what the cool people think. Life is warmth. You'll be cool when you're dead. <laughs> head for the warm people and head for life. Yeah. And I love that. I just identify with that so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I identify with it too. I needed that. I think I might frame it and put it on the wall, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. good reminder. And I feel mm-hmm. like every time I read it, I'm like, it's like a reset. Yeah. Because um, it, it is so easy, even with social media, like what mm-hmm. we're talking about. It's so easy to fall into this like... Will people like me? Is this mm-hmm. oversharing? Is this that, you know, what what will people think of me? You know, mm-hmm. making big life decisions like I just did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so, such a misnomer for us. Like, we have this anxiety about it. But mm-hmm. my mom, I, I guess I'm going to refer to a lot because I hear her voice in my head uh, <laughs> a lot because I've already quoted her to you like normal's just the setting on a washing machine right yeah. but she would also say people care more about themselves than they care about you so they're probably not thinking about you they're probably more worried about themselves and how they look and people don't remember necessarily what you say but they remember how you make them feel mm. so I always try to when I enter a room um, to make other people feel at ease yeah, and, um, to make them feel seen and uh, connect with them. Yeah. And I'm sure that impacts how they think about me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, um, but if my focus is on bringing that reassurance to other people yeah. with the assumption that probably everybody else is nervous about that, if I'm feeling that way. Yeah. And instead of mm-hmm. like, how do I look right now? Think, Oh, does everyone else feel like they're worried about how they look right now? How can I reassure them? Mm. And then it really takes the pressure off and brings that um, element of connection there, too. Because then we can remind each other that's not what getting together is about. That's a really good practice in just life. Yeah. (laughs) No, the idea that, like, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really anxious about something Maybe other people are feeling that way, too, and I'd like to reassure them that, mm-hmm. you know, everything. And then when you do, all they're thinking about you is, oh, that kind person reassured me. 
Yeah. And they don't care what you're wearing. They no. They don't care how you look. They really don't. No, they don't. They so, really don't. Yeah. I used to think I couldn't do a whole lot of things. Like, I have a bachelor's in singing, and I didn't pursue a career in that because I thought I wasn't pretty enough. Oh, well, that, I mean, it's true. Like, I was like, I can't be on these album covers. Nobody would buy an album, like, with my face on it. Back when we had CDs, right? Yeah. And you buy it in the store instead of, you would just hear it on your phone and you're like, Or oh, mail I'm... order. Whoa, yeah. Do you remember those stamps? Oh, my gosh. You would get, like, the sticker book in the mail. I definitely subscribed to that. I got in so much trouble because I did yes. that as a kid. And I got, they're like, where did these 12 CDs come from? <laughs> well, it said I could get 12 CDs for only $4. Exactly. Never buy the $50 CD <laughs> later, but okay. Oh, gosh. I'm glad I'm not the only one who was suckered into that. Oh, my Lord. My parents were furious. <laughs> but we had so much good music. I did. <laughs> Except I ordered things like Limp Biscuit, and then my parents took oh. it away. See, I, wasn't to have I did order Jesus music. I was like, I wanted to listen to Christian music. You don't want to keep me from Ooh, that. Ooh, that's mm. manipulative. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't, honestly. I was just I'm really into it. But all, I, it just played out in my favor. Because mm. they're like, well, why do we want to keep her from listening to Christian music? Ooh, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. You got them there. I did not have that on my side. <laughs> That's okay. You were listening to Limp Biscuit. Did you learn to make some good not Limp Biscuits after that? Ooh, punny. Ah! <laughs> hey, I invited you into my Nerdvana basement. Okay, there were going to be puns. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I can, I can turn, a, turn a biscuit around mm -hmm. here and there. I w we had a unofficial biscuit competition here, and I would... I practiced like twelve batches of biscuits. Did that you really? Week. I tell you what, there was so much butter in my house. Oh my gosh! Because apparently that's the secret. It is way too much butter. Way too much butter. More butter than you would ever want to write in your diary and of what you ate that day. Mm -hmm. but. Was every batch of biscuits completely different? Um. So I approached it as a scientific experiment and so I would tweak certain things mm -hmm. and I was like okay I know exactly what setting on my oven it needs to be I know exactly how much butter I need to put in there and exactly how many minutes not it needs to be nine minutes it doesn't need to be eight minutes or ten minutes it needs to be nine minutes <laughs> yeah nobody touched my oven <laughs> like I got super intense about it don't open the door right and yeah. then somebody tries to tell me their secret ingredient is love and I'm like I use science <laughs> yeah, well, but I, I don't really cook like in general. Mm. So, because when I do, I get super in intense about it <laughs> and I have way too many feelings about whether or not it's okay. And like, if it's bad, then I'm like, am I a failure as a woman? Oh my <laughs> right? Lord. So I'd much rather have excellent people like you cook for me. <laughs> and I'll just enjoy it. <laughs> well, I love to cook, so... Have you always? You know, it's a question that people ask me a lot. It's like, how did you get into it? Like, did you have a family that cooked a lot? Because that's pretty typical, mm -hmm. especially where we're from. You know, people in, in the South are always like, well, my granny, you know, I, mm -hmm. I had my stool and me and my granny would sit over the <laughs> pot of beans and all that stuff. And I didn't do that. My grandmother was like in Spain and Ooh. my parents were very hands off. Like the the biggest um like home cooked dish that we ever did was 
soup beans and cornbread. And that actually played a big role uh, in some things. But no, I, I just really, I did, I did like it. I remember making my parents breakfast in bed. I was all excited about it. And this, (laughs) I got, we had that like bunny bread, you know, it's really soft. It like tears if you look at it wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was like buttering it up, not butter, margarining it up. Mm -hmm. And I did it while it was raw. And then I put it in the toaster. Oh, my gosh. And then I was like, the well, smoke. This... <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> and they were woken up by the smoke alarm. I don't even remember how that turned out. But mm. I just remember a couple of soggy pieces of bread. And I was like, hey, Mom and Dad, I made you breakfast. And they were like, wow. <laughs> thank you. Oh, how old were you? I don't know. Young enough to not know how to make toast. Right. So, like, three. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That is so Sweet. Uh, yeah. So I think I always kind of liked serving people in that way. Mm-hmm. Like making, I like to make people happy. And that is the way that I have figured out is one of the best ways mm-hmm. to do. Does it make you feel loved if someone cooks for you? Yes. Because yes. you appreciate all of the effort that went into it. Yeah. It's kind of a double-edged sword because I love when other people cook for me because that's what I do all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's how I profess love to people. And so mm-hmm. I feel loved when they do it for me. And mm-hmm. But at the same time, everybody's like, I don't want to cook for you. Like, yeah. it makes me so nervous because oh. I'm afraid that you won't like it or that it's not going to be good. And I'm like, mm. I eat fast food several right. times a week. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> please cook for me. Have You're a, a human person. Yeah. <laughs> you need food. Yeah, I love to food. Eat, to live. <laughs> yeah. It just It's one of those things like the act of, the act of service is is. Yeah, for sure. It makes me feel loved. Yeah. Aw. Well, maybe I'll be brave and have you over and cook you something <laughs> sometime. Just give you a break. I would love that. <laughs> I have discovered these wonderful um, Indian sauces at Kroger. Oh, yeah. And the simmer sauces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that um, quick rice and some chicken. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, what else do you need? I'm like, man, I could be a really good cook now. Just use these pre-made Indian sauces. and. I mean, that's how, kind of how I got started. Mm-hmm. Somebody took me to an Indian restaurant, and I was like, wow, that's so good, and how do you make it? And you start off like that, Mm -hmm. you know, buying the pre-made sauces and Mm -hmm. all that, and then I loved it so much that I wanted to know more, Mm -hmm. and so I researched what was in it, and Mm -hmm. this is how I I do research to this day. I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just become fascinated or obsessed with a dish, and I'll go into... YouTube and figure out, you know, if it's, if it's a dish from a different culture or a different country, like Mm -hmm. show me where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Why do you use these ingredients? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what is the significance? How did that come to your country? And, Mm -hmm. and then it just becomes this all encompassing like fascination for me. Um, yeah, Yeah. that's how, that's how I got started. That's awesome. People exposing me to things and then realizing how much I, cause my, you know, like I said, my parents and I, we didn't Mm -hmm. really Cook at home. We didn't really cook that much at home, and we didn't really go out to any, you know, more ethnic restaurants or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. it was really building those connections with people, you know, living in Munich and having, you know, German families and having a South African boyfriend in college who, you know, took me to different places. And um, Oh, I love some meat pies and chutney. I know. I know. It's just building it's connection Mm -hmm. building connections with people 
And, and then, I love the way you can connect with people over their food. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's definitely one of the most important. Everybody has to eat. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think it's universal that, you know, conversation and family and friends over the act of breaking bread is really fundamental to human socialization. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. We can be so defensive and have our walls up during the day when we're at work and doing things. But when you sit down to eat, you're automatically opening up and being vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you're like, my body is safe enough to to Just take rest. care of itself, right? Yeah. And rest. And so the people you can do that with are the people you can feel safe with, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of dinners where maybe that isn't the case, but yeah. <laughs> that's what I try to have when yeah. I have dinner with people. Um, let's see. Oh, I had this question on the tip of my tongue to ask you about that. Oh, um, what are you obsessing about right now? Learning about on YouTube. I watch, I, I mean, this is, this has been the same for a while. This, I, there are three things that I obsess about constantly and it is, um, Korean barbecue. Yeah. Um, specifically pork, like okay. samgyeopsal, pork belly. It's Szechuan style hot pot, mm-hmm. and it's yakiniku. So it's what is yakiniku? Yakiniku is basically like Japanese barbecue. Oh, okay. Um, and what's funny is all of those things are things where you come together with a group of friends <laughs> and you cook food with each other mm-hmm. and you all can have your own experience to your preference, you know, yeah. a different, you know, a different bite every time. Right? Yeah. Have you been to the Gogi 1055 Korean barbecue oh, yeah. on Barstown Road then? Oh, yeah. 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 I really, I really like it in a pinch. Um, it it doesn't go far enough into like true Korean barbecue for me. Mm. It's, What's missing? It's I think it's been a little whitewashed. <laughs> well, there's Which probably is, a reason for that. It, there um, probably is. I mean, I think the first few times that I went, um, they had certain things that they gave you right off the bat. Mm-hmm. That is pretty traditional that they're not really doing anymore, and I imagine oh. that's probably just because. People, People don't it. know how to eat it or right. don't know what they like or, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no fault of theirs. They're a business and they have to stay open. <laughs> right. Well, there is but that yeah. element of, like, at the melting pot, right, where you go in and you're supposed to do it yourself. Well, I, I just told our server the first time, I was like, we have no idea what we're doing. Would you please mind to demonstrate this for us and mm. teach us about it? And, um so, you know, some people might be like, yeah, we'll do it ourselves. And then they won't know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, our experience was our server was very knowledgeable. And so, she was able to say, and you're supposed to use it with this. And, mm-hmm. like, having that kind of tutorial mm-hmm. was super helpful. But I saw people sitting down next to us and they didn't open themselves up to that, right? Yeah. I don't know if they didn't think they could ask, but, or they didn't want to inconvenience their server, right? But it does make a huge difference with um, your experience. And um, that's one thing that I try to do at every restaurant. <laughs> like, I've been to 275 in the last two years, right? Oh, my goodness. But it's a very, it's not just a rush around the city. It's, I sit down and say, what does this restaurant um, do that I can't get anywhere else? Right. Mm-hmm. Show me how to have the best experience here. What are you, what do you excel in? And, you know, cause everybody has their token, like 
kids meals for people who can't handle yeah their like ethnic specialties mm-hmm. or whatever so um i'm like i don't want that i want to know what your you purpose is what, yeah and your vision for this show me the ideal experience and um we'll go from there yeah absolutely i mean that's where you're going to eat the best food is the food that people have prepared when they are feeling passionate and mm-hmm. passionate and knowledgeable about it for sure mm-hmm. um yeah. I mean, I've found that my biggest cooking failures were things that I cooked that I didn't care about. Yeah. And in some ways, like as as somebody from the South, I guess, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you're from Kentucky, so you must be a Southern cook. And I'm really not like it, it's not. Can you make fried chicken? Yeah. <laughs> I can, well, then you're fine. <laughs> like I can, I can make it, but it's not something that I just sit and mm-hmm. fantasize over. So, you <laughs> I know. <hope> not. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relieved to hear that, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, and and that that like you said is vulnerability for people mm-hmm. is is being open to try new things and being open to experiencing something outside of you know their expectations and that's when you're going to grow the most and I am all for being out of my comfort zone I think I feel uncomfortable in my comfort zone right because okay when you're in your comfort zone what thought goes through your head to let you know oh I'm not actually comfortable staying here I just feel very blah Mm. I feel very unalive Mm complacent mm-hmm. um bored bored I mean it manifests as depression for me yeah. because it's not enough stimulation there's probably some <laughs> something going on in my brain whether it be you know genetics or or my upbringing or my life experiences that that leads me to that place but I would way rather be experiencing something new and different and weird and hard mm-hmm. than than you know sitting around doing the normal thing I think that's part of the reason why I ended up being in restaurants mm-hmm. was because I couldn't stomach the idea of like a typical you know day job yeah but then at the same time during the really stressful periods mm-hmm. of, of restaurant life I've been mm-hmm. like man it must be nice to just go to an office and sit at a desk for eight hours and then leave your work at home yeah <laughs> but you know that's just it's just who I am and it's amazing to get to work in a place that, or in an, not a place, but a um, career path that helps you come alive. Mm. I feel that way in my work as a nurse, as well as this exploration outside of work. Yeah. Um, and I, I love having that kind of separation in a way um, to really enjoy life for myself but then also go help other people at work. Yeah. So. Well, and those are both experiences where you're never going to stop learning. There's That's always so something true. new on the on the front of, of medicine and, mm-hmm. and food. Girl, if I get comfortable, I, I kind of get concerned. I'm like, wait a minute, am I behind? Because, and especially medically, you always want to be up to date. Yeah. Right? So if you are, like, in the habit of doing something, you're like, wait a minute. Is there an update that I need to be finding out about? Is there an improvement to the standard of care, right? And then the same with um, these restaurants and um, even the local nonprofits that I've been getting to know. um, 
I don't want to say it's FOMO, as in fear of missing out, um, but there's just always so much more. Like, as I'll check off a box on my list and then add 10 more mm -hmm. that I'll find. Because there's yeah. so many people doing amazing things here in Louisville and the Kentuckiana area. Yes. Yeah. So, in addition to watching you on Beat Bobby Flay and Chopped in the upcoming seasons, what are you looking forward to professionally? I am on the search for a magical unicorn. Oh. And the magical unicorn is the position where I can employ myself and my talents, my skills, my passions, my loves in a sustainable way where I can also be a mom to my son. Mm. Um, and right now that's manifesting as being, you know, a chef representative for Sullivan University and then also working privately under my um, personal pop-up name mm -hmm. of assemblage mm -hmm. that I've had for about 10 years and mm -hmm. I've just recently revived it. Um, you know, maybe one day I'll get back into the rat race and <laughs> take take over a, a restaurant and, and try and improve from you know, my past experiences, but for right now, I'm just wanting to focus on being mom to my son. He needed, he needed, I always wanted to be a mom. <laughs> I always wanted to be a mom long before I wanted to be a chef. So, mm. you know, when presented with the option of two different children mm. and they're both struggling with me as their mother, oh. <laughs> I, you know, needed one being your child and one, one being, being your work my work mm -hmm. yeah the the restaurant um yeah I, I needed to I needed to choose my son and mm -hmm. you know one day he's gonna be eight or nine and he'll be able to latch key himself into the house and call 911 <laughs> if there's a fire and right toast himself up a, a a strudel or something but not putting butter in the toaster not putting margarine in the toaster <laughs> let's not put plastic in our toasters Ooh, or metal in our microwaves or metal in our microwaves mm. um but yeah, for right now, I'm I'm just exploring, you know, what does it look like to not, not be attached to a business mm -hmm. that isn't my own? How can I, how can I create a position that is really notoriously difficult to find? You know, something in the restaurant industry that works for a single parent. Mm-hmm. It's there it's, are so many single parents in the restaurant industry. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. a. I mean. I feel like the the more we we creep into the future I, I'm mm -hmm. I'm finding that a lot of people mm -hmm. especially the younger cooks are very adamant that they're never going to have children because Oh really? Yeah, no, I mean because they see the commitment involved in the career. Commitment involved in the career but also just the insustainability of mm. uh, you know trying to parent. Mm around something like that i mean mm -hmm. it's a business that you have to go really far in your career in order to just support yourself mm. you know it's it's not it's not an easy job and to add a family into it is um is brave mm. and stupid <laughs> You know, in some ways, you know, sometimes, I mean, you got to make priorities and I love that you're prioritizing your son and he is so lucky to have you and you're maintaining your skills. I mean, you're recording to be on TV as a chef while you're doing this. Okay. Yeah. It's not like you're not <laughs> continuing with 
your work as a chef at the same time. And he's getting to see that. Yeah. So um, when I was in nursing school, I didn't see my son very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in daycare 10 hours a day because mm-hmm. I would uh, go to nursing school in the mornings and then I would work overnight in the ICU as an aide. And I didn't see him. And I was awake for 36 hours every Thursday for two years. Mm. Um, And so I didn't see him a whole lot. And I had this opportunity one day to shadow um, at, um, and I don't want to say the name of the, well, I guess I could say I was going to shadow at Air Methods where they helicopter evacuate Mm. patients from places to the hospital. Um, and I was at their station all day waiting for an opportunity to go up in the helicopter with them Mm. and studying while I was there. And I kept feeling bad because, um, I was like, man, I've got this day off. I could have spent it with my son and my bad mom for not spending what little time I have with him. Mm. And I was, it was time for me to leave and they finally got a call and the weather was right for them to make lift off. But it was the time that I was supposed to go back home. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'd had all day to ruminate on how I was wasting this time I could have spent with him, right? Yeah. So I went back and picked him up. He was like, did you fly in the helicopter? Mm. And I was like, no, I didn't get a chance to. They were about to go, but it was time for me to come home, and I missed you. So I'm going to come back and spend time with you. And he was like, oh, man. I wish you had gone, then I could say my mom went in a helicopter. Wow. And I and I realized at that moment that even in times that I'm not spending with him, he can benefit from me doing great things because then he's like, Well, my mom got to do this awesome thing and I'm part of her, right? Yeah. And him identify with that and maybe that inspire him to do big things. And brave, exciting things. And so um, I think that really, I tried to take that forward and not deny opportunities when they come up. Because it might not meet that conventional expectation of, oh, I'm a mom. I should spend such and such amount of time with my kids. Um, But they can benefit from other experiences like that too. So Oh, 100%. You know, I try to, that's, isn't it funny how kids can... (laughs) (laughs) I swear they teach us more than we teach them. For sure. A hundred percent. Like, seeing things from their eyes is really fascinating. I mean, Arlo was like, Mommy, I would like to be like you one day in the restaurant on the farm. Oh. And I was like, I don't want that for you. (laughs) Bless his heart. Sweet thing. (laughs) I I pray you have a slightly easier easier life. But no, it's true. And... Especially in this period of upheaval, mm-hmm. you know, in my life, like, yeah, I got the call to do Chopped and I took it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, and I don't have a lot to brag about right now. You yeah. know, I'm not working at the restaurant where I received a nomination. Like, mm-hmm. the producers were kind of like, so what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, <laughs> this right now, <laughs> I'm this, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. And, um, but of course they ask you, you know, what? Mm-hmm. why do you why are you here mm-hmm. what do you hope to accomplish and and my answer was automatically you know I want to show my son that hard things can be fun things that 
um, that it's good to take risks and, yeah. and work hard and um, open yourself up to new opportunities and you know I, that that stays true to this to this day yeah that's the most noble goal yeah I think because I mean he's watching you yeah no matter what anyone else is our kids are watching us they totally are and that the idea like what your son said like He's not, wouldn't have necessarily ever remembered, mm-hmm. you know, that extra hour or two that you spent exactly. with him, but mm-hmm. he would have remembered forever, you mm-hmm. know, that mommy went on a helicopter. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. It stands you know? out. So it's a hard balance to strike though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to do both. Yeah. And, you know, figuring out those decisions, um, is difficult. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing <laughs> with me your past story and your journey. And I am so excited to see where you go from here, Allison. Me too. <laughs> I mean, you are just poised for adventure <laughs> in so many different ways. And thank we you. don't have to know where we're going. That whole myth of a five-year plan, I'm pretty sure went out with COVID. Oh, gosh. You know? I don't think I ever had that to begin with. Like, I tried, and it would evolve and change, obviously. But, um, yeah, three years ago, I feel like I was a completely different person. I think we I all were. Right? And so, you just can't plan for that. But, honestly, I feel like it's better now than anything I could have planned for. There's a, yeah, and there's definitely a lot more intentionality these days. A hundred percent. And... You just going at it with the decision, I'm going to say yes to things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be open up to so many new opportunities and roles. Like the job that I'm working and my day job didn't exist. Like when I was starting in nursing school. Okay. And th- I didn't know what a podcast was three years ago. Yeah. Right. And... I was nervous about ordering in a restaurant three years ago. Okay. Like things can change so fast. Yeah. And things that we can identify as can change so fast, honestly. So what does she say in Frozen 2? <laughs> Take the next right step. Yes. Yeah. Do like the next when you don't, right thing. Yeah, yeah. When you don't know what to do, just mm-hmm. keep pointing your feet in the direction that you think you'd like to go in. Mm-hmm. Listen to your intuition. Well, I am really excited about this interview because, okay, so right now it's November mm-hmm. of 2022. Mm-hmm. I want to come back and listen to this episode in November of 2023 and see where we see are, where we are yeah. and see what's going on then. Oh my gosh, so, I can't even imagine. I feel like I don't even know what the next week holds. So. Oh no. Oh, it, that'll be an interesting experiment for sure. <laughs> Let's plan it. Let's, Let's plan it do now. It. We'll set a date and we'll check in for Thanksgiving of 2023 yep. and see how far we've come. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, thank you for coming today, Allison. Thanks for having me. And then where can people look you up and follow your journey? Well, I would say probably the easiest way to reach me is Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, my handle is at Eliza Settle, A-L-I-Z-A-S-E-T-T-L-E. Mm-hmm. And there you will find all of my adventures. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And you know to follow me at Lou Food Reviews on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all those good things. Subscribe to this podcast to hear the next awesome story and turn on those notifications so you don't miss it. We will see you in the next episode.